Scorpio, you're totally mad. <laughs> I wouldn't point fingers, you jerk. Sure, do you expect me to talk? I don't expect anything from you except to die and be a very cheap funeral. Geek Salad episode 76, Octopussy Galore. I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And we're going to be talking today about James Bond. All 50 years and 23 movies of which... Yeah. We... You'll be getting an hour and a half of Andy's terrible Sean Connery impersonation. Yeah, pretty much. Welcome to Shallot. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm on the hopper. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to work the taint, Moneypenny. <laughs> That's <over>. one! <laughs> We've actually tried to decide how many deviantly filthy things we can say in Sean Connery's brogue ending in Money Penny. <laughs> so you'll be hearing those throughout the episode. And so, never show me your pushikolo, Money Penny. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but when Mike does it, it sounds a lot filthier. It yes! does. All right, there you go. Right. Awesome. I just see Mike in a trench coat saying. Awesome. So anyway, uh, yes, it is the 50th anniversary. Of uh, the English Uber spy, James Bond. Also, last week, we saw the release of the 23rd entry in the uh, Covey Broccoli series, uh, Skyfall, which we all saw. Mm-hmm. And we'll be reviewing a little later on in the show. Yep. So, um, first, I want to start off our show with a little bit of Bond trivia, gentlemen. Okay. Alright? The first question. How many Bond themes have charted at number one... On the Billboard Hot 100. One. I'm going to go with two. All right. Mike, what were your two? I don't know. I'm just taking a while. Just saying guess. two. Right? I'm, I'm going to say A View to a Kill and For Your Eyes Only. It is only A View to a Kill. Really? Your Eyes Only never actually reached number one. Now, was that before Sheena was talking about her sugar walls? Uh, yeah, I believe oh, it was. Okay. Um, however... Interesting little uh, thing that uh, For Your Eyes Only was the last Bond song to actually get nominated for Best Song. And it lost horribly, I might add, to yeah. um, the Arthur's theme. <laughs> What's in your life, you <laughs> Next up, um, which actress played a Bond girl in more than one movie? Oh, I know this one. I know it. Maude Adams. Adams. All right, can you name the movies? Uh... uh... Uh, from Russia with love? No, she no, was no. octopus. She was definitely. I know octopusy. I'm just trying. The other one it was older. Man with the golden gun. No. Yep. Yes. Yes, it was. That's right. That's right. She it was. was. Scaramang- she was Scaramanga's uh, girlfriend. Yeah. Yes. Or target. Yeah. <laughs> Both actually. Went in room. All right. Final question. Did Herve Villages get nominated for his role? He in- should have. Oh my god. They should have given him like a miniature Oscar. <laughs> I actually was watching that movie. Um, yeah. Well, he Mike, himself, so he's got no, he's got no, he's got no excuse. On. Exactly. Um, Mike loaned me that movie, and I'm watching it. And Autumn is at rehearsals, and Scarlett comes walking in, like, and she sees Hervey Villachez, and she's like, "Oh, a little baby." <laughs> I was just waiting. For I nearly him. shat. Just to show you know how far Christopher Lee has come. I was waiting for him to fire <laughs> lightning out of his fingertips, <laughs> <and start laughs> frying bond. <laughs> 
All right, and then uh, the final question. How many men have played Bond in non-official, i.e. non-Cubby Broccoli, produced movies? Uh, two? Three, I think. Well, George, I know Connery did one. He did one. Yeah, yes. he was in the Never Say Never, Never Again. Never Say Never Again. Lazenby, was that a... No. No, I think, and then I think it was the Casino Royale, like the the spoof one. Oh. That was David Niven and I think Woody Allen both played. Yes, very good. I was waiting for Woody Allen, but there's one other. I didn't know. Really? Barry Nelson played Jimmy Bond in the TV movie version of Casino Royale, which is the very first time Bond was ever committed to film. Oh, yeah, that was like 1954 or something. He went by Jimmy Bond, yeah, because, well, Barry Nelson was also an American. Oh, the yeah. monocles popping off into uh, glasses of gin in London was <laughs> was at an all time high that that year. So. Apparently so. Anyway, let's um, we've got a lot of movies. We've got twenty three movies to talk about, and uh, what we're gonna do is there will be no um, KKK. KKK, that's not good. This evening, Chris. Um, Chris actually mentioned some of the songs, so we're gonna move his discussion in with ours. Okay. All right, so. What we're going to do is we're going to rank worst to best, and this rank has been, um, is courtesy of Entertainment Weekly, and we take issue with most of it, mm-hmm. as Mike shakes his head as he fills his, his gullet with cookie, delicious cookie. Delicious. So, um, let's move to the first one. The worst ranked James Bond movie of all time, 1979's Moonraker. I don't have issue with this one. Jim? Actually, um, I oh, you don't have an issue with its ranking? No, I, I, I do a bit. I, I like Dr. Pussy less. Okay. I think this may well be the worst. I think they got this one right. This Wait movie is just unbelievably stupid. Wait a minute, though. Okay, yeah, it's, it's stupid, but it was worse than any of the Timothy Dalton movies? I think because of its level of, of ridiculousness, if for a Bond movie, it jumped several sharks. Actually, you know what? To be fair, it started off pretty good. All right. It started off you know, very, very perfectly sensible, good Bond movie, and then they decided to go into space. Yes, space, ladies and gentlemen. And yeah, I mean, half, I know, half of Austin Powers is, is making fun of Moonraker. Yeah. yeah. But it did... Okay, I know that Hugo... Hugo Drax. Hugo is a, Jaws is a good villain, though. Jaws is a good villain, but not in this movie. He's actually more like a. You, but I think the fact that he's he's actually in it gives it a little credence. It gives it some. In this movie, I, I can think of three that I, I like less. In All this right. movie, he finds love. No, he doesn't. Yes, yes he, he does, does actually, and he actually mutters a word through those unintelligible uh, teeth of his. Yes. Well, here's to us. Apparently, Richard Keel could only keep those teeth in at like five second intervals. <laughs> they were that painful. Um, I'm not surprised. They looked like they'd be wonderfully comfortable. Oh, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, you brought up Hugo Drax, possibly the most ineffective villain in Bond history. First of all, his entire plan is that he's going to shoot all these beautiful people up into a space station and then drop nuclear weapons on uh, on, on the, on the no, Earth. No, it was a chemical weapon. Oh, yes, chemical. Sorry. There are so many nuclear weapons being dropped on Earth that I totally forget. Nuclear weapons. It's hard to keep track. And then they were going to repopulate with all the beautiful people and Hugo Drax, who looked like a gay hobbit. (laughs) Um, Isn't that an oxymoron? (laughs) (laughs) They introduce him. I mean, and most most Bond villains, when they get introduced, they've kind of got that friendly side. You don't know really where they stand just yet. 
Hugo Drax, first of all, is introduced playing the piano, badly, I might add, and then immediately calls his henchmen to have Bond eliminated. Yeah. Immediately. And every single time he's like, you shall not escape me this time, Mr. Bond. You cannot escape. Goodbye. And just walks off. Yeah, but that's the whole point of the Bond movies. That, that, you can't you can't hold that against it. Bond movies are schlock. Well, it's, in many cases, it's very good schlock. Yeah. It's schlock. Come on. But in, in this case, and I'm not saying this movie's unwatchable. I don't honestly think there is an unwatchable James no. Bond movie. See, this... I, I, I disagree. I, I think I don't like Timothy Dalton. I tried watching Her Majesty's Secret Service with George Lazenby. I couldn't watch it. I just... We'll um... get to those. Yep. So, um, what we decided to do also is talk... In, in in conjunction with that, the songs, which are all kind of the big part of the movie, yeah, and where no where where necessary, some of the ladies, hmm. um, the song Moonraker by Shirley Bassey, yes, um, rated the number fourth worst Bond theme from Movie Phone. What's number one? Um, you'll get we'll get, get to that, that in just a little bit. Um, it's it's unremarkable. It's yeah. yet another Shirley Bassey. Shirley Bassey did three of these things. This this last one. Did she do Goldfinger? She did Goldfinger and she did... Diamonds um, Are Forever. Yeah. But we'll Th- get... This is her worst because it, it, she's trying to work in Moonraker into the song and there's no... It, there's no way to do it. Right, it's Moonraker it's such an odd sense. sounding... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like the Moonraker goes In search of his dream It's like she had the song written. They're like, okay, um, instead of uh, Gallant Steed, let's just put Moonraker in there. I don't know what works better, Lunar Destroyer or Moonraker. <laughs> oh, boy. Let's try Lunar Destroyer. Hey, I have an idea. Every time we see the name Jesus Christ in this song, replace it with Moonraker. <laughs> Plus the whole... Th- Heal me, oh Moonraker. The whole song sounds like a love ballad. It is a love ballad. Well, that, but that's the whole thing, because you see, Bond likes to sleep with the ladies, so all of his songs have to sound sultry. Never mind, it's usually Tim getting it on with the ladies, and they show him shooting somebody, and then like the bullet <laughs> travels through time and space, and it goes through like cars and orphanages, and like blows people to, to kingdom come, and then it finally <laughs> stops on a pillow where he makes love to it. Speaking of which, um, it might also be noted that this movie is a Roger Moore Bond movie. You know, every single Roger movie... Moore has some good Bond. Movies. He does have some. They were just not at them yet. You this know, is not one of them. Every single cliche that's ever made fun of about Bond comes from Roger Moore. Absolutely. Yeah. I, if ever... I can't fight. I'm with a lady. <laughs> if ever there was a guy who was in the job solely for the expense report, it's <laughs> Bond. You know what he is really. It's it's almost like Dean Martin was given a <laughs> given a given a license to like kill. That. No, because he does. He stands there. He always has like a martini glass in his hand, yeah. like he's punching someone while the martini glass is still in his hand. Yep. Well, he, inter- he, interesting thing though about the martini glass, real quick. Roger Moore is never seen with that martini. He's no. always drinking scotch in all seven of the movies he's in. Uh, you know, it's it's tough because you and I. I don't know. Not well, he's yeah. He he's has been labeled. He's, he's been labeled our generation's bond. He is though. No, he's, I understand that. I believe. I truly believe he is. But he do? He, the first one I think he did was the man with the golden gun. No, nope. live and let die. Was it? Uh, yep. Yeah. He did seven of them. So he holds the record. He does hold the record, and this also ushers him into the eighties, which were not kind for Bond. Yeah. 
But, I mean, with, with Roger Moore, every time you see him, even if he's on a tropical paradise, he's in a suit and tie. Yep. He is the, the prototypical stereotype of Bond. Yeah. Um, now, some of the ladies that actually... Entertainment Weekly also had a really good list of the best and worst women. Um, two of the worst show up in this movie. Oh, can I ask a question about this first? Yes. Is it women that were his sidekicks or women who were villains... Pretty much, or? they are either either the the female lead, which we really know are supporting lead characters, or just some chippy that happened to work for the bad guy. Well, you know who number one is. I won't get to it, but you know right, who right. One is. To, to be a Bond girl, you have to be you have to sleep with Bond. It's Pretty much. So, Money Penny's not a no. Amazingly, not Money Penny. Is you ever not think a Bond you ever girl? think they not boots at all? Well, you, that's, you're supposed to wonder. You, you do have to wonder they had that. that sexy scene in the. In, in Skyfall, where she shaves him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. I like that one. That was, that was a very nice titillation there. Oh, good. I'm glad I wasn't sitting next to you. Mike, <laughs> <laughs> right, what's the popcorn raising up for? <laughs> Work the shock, Money Penny. Work the shock. That's two. All right. Uh, shall we move on, gentlemen? Oh, no, I didn't even talk about the women yet. All right, so the women of Moonraker. Corrine DeFore, who essentially was mauled by wild dogs. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. And then, oh ho ho ho, the very essence of the of the poorly named Bond girl, Holly Goodhead. I don't get it. <laughs> that explains a lot. Oh boy. My favorite part of that was when they're coming back to Earth after they've destroyed, you know, they've blown up something in space with all the flame and, you know, sound that space uh, provides. And, uh, you know, they show up on the monitor and there's Bond and, and, and Dr. Goodhead, you know, Bumping uglies, and there's... In zero G. And there's Q going, I believe he's attempting re-entry. Oh. That warrants one of those, like... It's so poorly written, they should just say, look, this is Holly Blowjob. (laughs) (laughs) He's stuffing it in her her cooter. (laughs) Penelope Cumface will be with you in just a few moments. (laughs) All right. Can we move on, gentlemen? Yes, please. Can we say, who's, who's your favorite... Bond girl, though yours. Personally, oh, that's I, I, tough. It comes to mind right away. Well, who's that? Famke Jansen. Uh, yeah. Well, we're getting to her. We will Zinia be getting to her. Top. Great name. I don't think she's a Bond girl. She's a Bond girl. Well, he sleeps with her. Yeah. And she tries to kill him. The, the women can all villain women villains can also be considered Bond girls. I don't think she. He actually slept with her though. I think he does. I mean, I know you know they're in the, just the robes in the in the sauna, but she, gentlemen, that movie's to... coming up. We'll discuss that after. Okay, sorry, sorry. Doesn't matter. She's still hot. Oh yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> all right, number two, worst Bond movie of all time, 2002's Die Another Day. R- really? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's worse. It's just kind of unremarkable. There's another movie that's coming up in a few that kind of ties it. The the movie that came before it, The World Is Not Enough. Where they yeah. kind of blur together. Die Another Day is the one with Halle Berry. Yeah. Uh, yes. Driving around the ice castle. It's yeah. The last, is it the last one? It's Brosnan? the last Pierce Brosnan movie. And really, it, it was on uh, Universal HD a few nights ago. And Autumn and I are sitting there, we're watching it. And I'm just like, Q, who is at this point played by John Cleese, yeah. is showing him the invisible car. And at this point, I'm like, all right, Q, that's very interesting and all. Now, where is this shock that you wanted me to jump over? <laughs> to be fair, though, they only use that invisibility um, 
stick for like know, a five seconds. So. It's hard for me to really criticize these movies because at the some are better than others. Yeah, I will agree with that. But they're the same formula. Pretty. Oh yeah, they're all the same formula. I mean, it's like Bond fucks, Bond kills, Bond <laughs> drives, Bond fucks, Bond drives, Bond kills, <laughs> Bond <laughs> sleeps <laughs> with someone. With a lady. With a lady. <laughs> um, it, part of this, the part of this thing, this movie. First of all, is that it is so obviously a setup to get uh, Halle Berry her own her own series. Yeah, yeah, that worked out well. Oh God, yeah. Hey, you like this cat mask? What do you <laughs> say, sweetie? No, they were going to spin Jinx off into her own character yeah. in her own movie series. Beyond stupid. Yes, exactly. Which may as well what they called it. Um, yeah, let's jump to her for a second, because I thought she was awful in this. Halle Berry? I had a hard time believing she had won an Oscar just a year before. It's that bad. Well, look, I mean, I can think of worse performances. I know, but for I someone mean, who was so to... highly touted... Andy, that is... Andy, that performance, may... that might as well be Janet Lee compared <laughs> to Denise Richards. Yeah. That's true. That's what I was thinking right there. But it's... Now, who the hell played Scarlet... Who cares? What's her face? It's, it's Vivian Lee. Vivian Lee. Anyway. Oh, damn it. No one's named Vivian yeah. anymore. But I mean, I, part of, I mean, the cool part about um, Die Another Day was the fact that Bond is captured and held in captivity for like, what, a year? Yeah, like six months or something. Exactly. Yeah. Is it, who's the, Jonathan Price is the bad guy. No, no. That See, was, uh, that's the problem with all the computers. They all blend in. They all blend, except for Goldeneye, they all blend in. Goldeneye's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the villains. Gustav Graves. There's that one scene where he's, you know, he's going to fence Bond, and that's like the one way they shoehorn Madonna into the movie so she could act horribly for five minutes. I don't think I like where you're going with this, Andy. Yeah. And then there was Colonel Moon, who had uh, the diamonds embedded in his face yeah. or something. Yes. Yeah, the North, Carol- North Korean thing. Yeah. Because there's always going to be that villain. North Carolina villain, you know. Damn you, you <laughs> floppy bandy bastard. <laughs> Now, once I get, once I get these shine stones out of my face, there's, all, there's almost always like that one villain though who like suffers that horrible physical deformity at the hands of Bond and wants his revenge. I think having diamonds in my face would be kind of cool. Yeah, give really? me a shiny complexion. Yeah, now hey, you'd be picking at them. <laughs> Come suck on my diamond tip, Mary Penny. <laughs> Very nice. When we're watching it though, and they're in the, this the, the, that ice hotel. Yeah, yeah, and Anna and I both kind of cock our heads and go, "All right, um, why can't I see anybody's breath?" Oh yeah, I forgot. It's shot on a soundstage. No, actually, I've I've seen you know specials about the, those ice um ins. They don't actually. You don't actually see your own breath. It's, it's actually rather warm inside. Well, it would have to be. I, I mm-hmm. think that was your problem with it. No, no, I had more problems with that. <laughs> Let's start with the song, shall we? Oh. Die oh, Another Day by Madonna. Let's take a let's take the Bond theme. One of the most heralded jobs you can get as a musician. How come Boxcar Willie never got to do a James Bond theme? <laughs> so they think he was dead by the time uh, they Cash. got around. To... Johnny Cash kept turning him down. Nope, sorry, I'm Coke. Um, <laughs> but Madonna, oh my God! I mean, if there's ever if there's ever a wrong way to do a Bond theme, it's by turning it into a big sassy rave number. I'm gonna wake up, yes and no I'm gonna kiss some part of I'm gonna keep this secret I'm gonna close my 
I mean, I don't think... Uh, the song is bad. I don't think she's a particularly bad choice for it. Did she write it? Uh, I believe she did, yes. Uh, well. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. There goes your argument. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think, you know, th- this movie, the, the biggest problem with it was it blended together with two other James Bond movies. Yeah. All Pierce Brosnan. Still, the, uh, the car battle on the ice. That was actually that was very cool. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Every Bond movie has some aspect of it that's pretty cool. I yeah. Mean, they're yeah. incredibly creative, but it gets to the point when, like we just talked about, they kind of blend together. They kind of do the same thing. They're, they're usually in the same seven or eight locales. Yep. Moscow, Korea, Com- Singapore, Caribbean, yep. Singapore, South America. The mm-hmm. Andes Mountains, yeah, I, I know. Appalachia I know. With the Oza- in the Ozarks. <laughs> Where uh, you know where diamond, you know where shine, shine, shiny stone faces. See, that would be kind of funny if James Bond gets stuck in, <laughs> in it's like a, in a place like Deliverance. And I don't think. Hey, for, fancy pants! You got a pretty mouth. <laughs> I don't think for one moment in Die Another Day, Pierce Brosnan wasn't wearing a tux. I'm sure that there was. I just have no memory of that. I just don't see Pierce Brosnan wearing anything other, other than, than a tux. No, not necessarily a tux, but something buttoned down. Right. Like you can see him going to like the Pittsburgh Steelers game in like a button-down exactly. Steelers shirt. <laughs> oh boy! All right, moving on. Third worst movie on the. I don't uh, agree with this list. One at I, all. I don't agree, but I see where they're going with it. Two thousand eight, Quantum of Solace. I never saw it. You ne- you never saw it? I thought I was with you when you bought it on DVD. I don't know. I okay. bought it with my father. Oh okay. Um, it's... Oh, I'm sorry. I did see Quantum of Solace. What are you talking about? Yes, I saw. All right. It. You know what? Why would they say that? It wasn't great, but I mean, it, it was a continuation. Exactly, it's never been a right. Continu- exactly, it's never been a, a direct sequel. But I mean, the only thing I can I can say about it is that I re- I saw it on opening weekend. I have very little memory of it. I thought it was good. I don't think it was great. I think Daniel Craig kicks ass. And oh, he is he, awesome. As long as he does Bond movies, they'll all be good. Mm. See, I, th- I think the biggest problem they had was that they released it without a finished script because right. it was right during the writer's strike. Exactly. And it just it had no direction. And it was still, right. I think it was fine. It was really good. It was It was a fun, it was a good he continuation. He is so good. He is. That it, I mean, he can carry a bad storyline. Right. He's one of the few actors who could pull it off. He's, he's the schnizzle. The villain was pathetic. Oh, um, Dominic Green? Yeah. Yeah, essentially he was Le Chief version 2.0. Yeah. No. But, um, alright, here's some of the uh, the qualifiers on this one. The song, Another Way to Die by uh, Jack White and Alicia Keys, listed by Movie Phone as the worst Bond song of all time. I don't think I would ever want... I mean, because Bond songs are supposed to be sultry and supposed yeah. to have a, yeah. almost like a jazz club feel to them. Yeah, they got to have and an Jack air White, of, of, of danger to them. Alicia Keys is this Beautiful, sultry, not sultry, but this powerful, jazzy voice. And then Jack White starts singing with his <coughs> yeah. Creole whiny. No, it doesn't. It didn't work. No. I'm not the ringer with the slick trigger finger for her Majesty. Another one with the golden tongue poison in your fantasy. Um, Alright, worst for um, Bond girls, Strawberry Fields. 
who dies in a manner most fitting to uh, Goldfinger. Yeah. The complete ripoff of Goldfinger where they dip her in oil or something like that. Yeah. But they also had one of the better Bond girls, um, Camille Montez. Yes, I liked her. She was pretty cool. Which one was she? She was the, um... She was the... She she was the one who lived. Yeah. What movie, though? In Quantum of Solace. Oh, is that her own? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I remember her name, but I remember her. right. Yeah. I mean, part of the thing, I mean, part of the thing with, with Quantum of Solace is, is that it's, it's a direct sequel, and it's a revenge story of Bond getting back at the people who, you know, had employed Vesper Lind. Right. He was in love with Vesper Lind, yet, you know, he's Bond, so he's got to, you know, shag all these other chicks. Well, that's the thing I like about Daniel Craig. He always puts the shagging secondary. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, well... You know, I, I gotta kill these guys before I get an erection, so... Well, it's because he's usually on pills, so he won't be able to pop a stippy well, for I mean, he only did... He only bumped two people in, uh, in uh, Skyfall. You ruined it. Yeah, thanks. Spoiler alert! <laughs> How is that a spoiler? Um, yeah, it's... I, I gotta give it another watch. I mean, I liked it, but... God damn, I really loved Cut Casino Royale. That's the thing. Yeah. It's really hard. It was hard to follow, follow yeah. that movie because that movie is so good. Not every movie is going to be the Dark Knight following up Batman Begins. Most mm. aren't. You're right. Um, now, here's a question, though, about the Craig Bonds. Now that we're in Quantum of Solace territory here, do you think that these movies actually would have happened had it not been for the Bourne series? I was thinking about that while we were watching Skyfall, what and do you mean, it's like because you have more like a hard ass agent, more than a hard ass agent, you know. Um, I I do to a point. I mean, because besides Bourne, you could point to other agents who have more of an edge to it. I think it came more to the fact that <clears throat> the last three, two or three Bond movies before were really blasé. Yeah, and people, you know, in terms of the public opinion of them, and people said we need a reimaging. How right. do you reimage James Bond? There's only one way to really do it. Yeah. You have to do a complete 180. And you make him a Stone Cold killer. You make him... I mean, especially in Casino Royale, the whole um, chase through the construction site, that's definitely got Bond in, um, born in Born influences, in exactly. Oh, no, it, it, I can see what you're saying, but to me, the only logical choice, be there a born or not, would be to make him what he is. What yeah. they made him to be. Right. I'll agree. Now, agree. I, I, James I also... Bond kills people. Even Roger Moore, he just doesn't have an edge. It's just because what Daniel Craig... Daniel Craig looks like he has a fresh piece of shit in his mouth all the time. Right. It makes him look mean and nasty. He's yeah. got grizzlies. He's, he's he honestly looks. weeks. He honestly everything. looks like at some point in his college, his college life he may have snapped somebody's neck by accident. He's not a fop. He's no, the only one who's exactly. been a fop. The rest no. of them are fops. But the other thing, too, is that and, you know, if for a shitty a movie as it is, Triple uh, X, remember that awful piece of shit with uh, yeah. Vin Diesel? That was supposed to essentially be the quote-unquote re-imaging of the super spy movie. In fact, they they open the movie with this British guy in a tuxedo who ends up going to like some Romstein concert or something like that, sticking out like a sore thumb and getting a uh, you know bullet in the back of the head. And I think that they they took that seriously and made him more. You know, he has to be debonair. You have to have all the locales. You have to have all the women. But there is just there is nothing behind the. It, Behind Daniel Craig's eyes. You know, it's just like sheer murder behind those eyes. It's, you know, but the thing is, it speaks to Daniel Craig being a great actor. Oh, yeah. He yeah. can do, I mean, he, he, he is the only Bond actor that won't be pigeonholed as James Bond. Absolutely. I agree with that completely. Because he won't be, because he's doing the, you know, the man with the dragon da- tattoo. 
He can do. It. I mean, for a guy who never changes his expression, or really his <laughs> delivery, there's something about him. He's got a. I don't want to say joie de vivre. <laughs> Andy, give, you're better at this than I am. Je ne sais quoi. Nothing French. Yeah. No, but he's just got. There's air about him that is just so menacing. Yeah, he does. It's a look he of his looks face. dangerous. Like you would, you know. There's plenty of actors that are like, "Oh, come on, we've all done our own stunts, right?" <laughs> he, does, he looks like he wants to pull your spleen out of your butthole. Yeah, and stomp on it. He just—he looks like he'll he'll shoot you, but he'll also like rip you in half if you didn't have a chance. And like, then he'll love you. Well, oh, will he love you? It's funny though because you know they, you know because he is butch, and you know my father and a lot of people who love Connery will say, "Well, you know, Connery is kind of a man's man." He was, but then you'd see him on the beach and he'd have like a banana hammock and be like, well, <laughs> I guess that's that. Well, to be fair, that was the 60s. Yeah, just put this banana hammock on me, money penny. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cheetah, it's a cheetah skin. But before you do that, ring out the monkey butter, money penny. <laughs> yes, I use monkey butter. Anyway, shall we move on, gentlemen? Yes, please. No. All right, to the movie that we thought was Die Another Day, because they all blur together. 1999's The World Is Not Enough. Apparently it was. Oh, boy. Hey, um, let's have garbage single. <laughs> really garbage. You know what? It's I, I honestly don't think that the song is that bad. It's not as good as some of the classic Bond no, movies. Actually, this, this is probably my favorite. Well, beyond uh, Tina Turner's GoldenEye, this is probably uh, the, my second. GoldenEye. I didn't think this one was that bad. When will Train get to sing a Bond song? Oh, I hope it's in the next movie. Please tell me that it's going to be in the next movie. And you know what? I hope they they, uh, duet with Maroon 5. Oh, boy. (laughs) Because nothing is going to open Andy's veins faster (laughs) than having those two super groups. My wife went to a concert with those two (laughs) on a double bill. (laughs) The Cure for Insomnia Tour! (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, and people say Nickelback is the worst band of all time. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They get nothing on train. Oh god. All right, but um, I I don't remember this movie at all. I know I've seen it, but it's just kind all of, right. Oof, no, trains. Actually, I was joking. Trains never actually done a movie. No, 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 no but garbage. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the, the song, the garbage song. Uh, the garbage well, song. Not, I don't mind. It's not that bad. You know, I was a little surprised that garbage was going to be the the band to do that song first of all because they kind of already hit their yeah their peak. Stupid Girl came out a couple years before that, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? It's a serviceable enough song. Hey, and you know what? Carly Rae Jepsen wasn't born yet. Or if she was, she just wasn't able to sing. Exactly. There you go. All right. No, to be back in that time. All right. Now, this movie is essentially defined in its badness by everybody involved, including one Dr. Christmas Jones... Played by Denise oh, Richards. Okay, now I remember what. Let me movie. just explain to you that there is not enough suspension of disbelief in the universe to get me to believe that Denise Richards is a nuclear physicist. No. I don't like Ashton Kutcher, and I did not like that show Punked particularly. But the only funny thing I ever saw was they sent that wise ass little ten year old on the red carpet for that movie. Uh huh. And she came walking out, and he walked up to her, and he said, Hey, uh, can I do an interview with her? And she's thinking, well, he'll just talk, toss me softballs. And he said, How does it feel to finally play a smart person? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know whether to shit or go blind. It was awesome. The sick thing about that is that they gave her the name Christmas for one reason and one reason only. The final, the bad, final bad line. The final line of the movie. I only thought Christmas came once a year. Oh. Wah, wah. Uh. 
Yet they greenlit another movie three years later. Oh. Amazing. Now the villains. Electric King, played by uh, Sophie Marceau, and Renard, played by Robert Carlyle, the man who could not feel pain. Oh, yes. Right. Remember? No, remember? Now, again, just like Colonel Moon, he had suffered an awful, hideous accident at the hands of Bond. Yeah, that's right. And he all his a, nerves were destroyed or some shit like that. He had a bullet in his brain. That's right. But Electric King was like, super bitch. 3.0. <laughs> mm. She's really good. Did he get the... I, I don't need Bob. Uh, yes, he, he did nail her. <laughs> Yeah, she's good looking. Yeah. yeah. But it was amazing because her personality like turned on a dime. Yeah. It's like, oh, Bond, help me, you fucking asshole. That's right. I don't, I, I've got the stink of Mel Gibson in my mouth from Braveheart. Yeah, I, honestly, if you asked me though, what this movie was about, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I'm Other than that, that Christmas comes only once a year. I just remember some scene on a submarine, a fight with the Robert Carlyle character. That's all I remember. All right. What does he do? Stick him in a torpedo tube and shoot him out into the Atlantic? And then say something pithy like, uh... Batten down the hatches. (laughs) Penny, penny! I'll batten down your hatches, Monty Penny. (laughs) Ooh, it's just getting filthy in here, huh? (laughs) All right, moving on. Next on the worst... We're going worst to best here, don't forget. So, uh... You Only Live Twice, 1967. This is the movie where Bond is presumed dead, and then, in order to infiltrate uh, Blofeld's, you know, hidden volcanic lair... He becomes the most racist person on the on planet. <laughs> he becomes Japanese. They shave his chest hair, and they, like, give him eye makeup to turn yeah, his eyes you know, slanting. Don't, please don't tell me they gave him buck teeth. No, no, oh god, that would have just made it... <laughs> I guarantee there's a party cut somewhere in, Con- <laughs> in the safe in Connery's home with that. <laughs> Ching chong ding dong, money printing. Oh no, it's Godzilla. <laughs> oh my god. I, I was blown away by... Because, you know, in all honesty, it's not a horrible movie until you start to decompress and really think about how stupid it is. Roald Dahl direct- uh, wrote this movie, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. Have a book. No, he that no, that was Kipling. Oh, okay, I always get the no, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Nah, that's right, yeah, that's all. But I, you know, it's just it, it's hard to take seriously. First of all, the, the the cool thing is it's the first time you actually see Blofeld's face. And Don, I think Donald Pleasance plays him the best. Oh, absolutely, he is absolutely, he's a, and he's what they used for Doctor Evil. Yeah, I'm just glad Baruch Salt didn't become a Bond girl. Let <laughs> they roll her out like she's a blueberry still. <laughs> Um, well, you know me, I don't say no. Why do you want your supercar now, Daddy? <laughs> Alright, so uh, the song, You Only Live Twice, Nancy Sinatra. like this song. In fact, this is the song that closed out uh, the last season of Mad Men. Okay. The very last song they played was You Only Live Twice. Making us wonder what season six is going to be like. I saw pictures of it. Yeah? Yeah. I can't wait. He's in a banana hammock. Fantastic. (laughs) Keep going. 
I, I actually I really like the song. It's, a, it's just a nice, it's a nice not too heavy Bond song. If you're looking for depth, if you're looking for something like Bob Dylan would have written, yep. He'd have been good for a Bond, write a Bond song. <laughs> Tell you the tale of a British man shot a woman in the head. Um, and then the 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 Bond girl. The only one they listed was Helga Brandt, who was actually the villain. Oh, like one of the villainous. Oh, 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 old woman. No, no, no. Is that was no. That was Rush. No, that was made. Was... No, that's Rush from Russia with Love. Okay, but that's who Frau Farbisno was. Yeah. Helga Brandt was the um, the woman that seduced Bond, and then um, Bofield, Phil, yeah, Bofield dropped him into a, a piranha tank. Yeah, pool piranhas. <laughs> Honestly, this movie I again will continually confuse with the next Connery movie on the list. Can I just say though, too, wouldn't it be awesome if everything you did? It's the greatest exit music of all time. No matter what you do, like yep. if you empty the dishwasher and you finish up. <laughs> Well, do you remember, um, like, was that um, MSG? Oh, yeah, with, it was uh, uh, Super, Secret Agent Super Dragon. Yes, with Neil Connery. Oh, and no, they, oh no, that was Operation 007. That's right. And every time he would do, like, the most mundane thing, like close a car door. Ba-da, ba-da! <laughs> Actually, that's coming out on DVD uh, on, in December. Sweet! But they can't, they can't release it as uh, Operation 007. They have to release it as Operation Kid Brother. Because okay. of those things. Oh, yes. And it is Neil Connery, after yes. all, the far less talented brother of Sean. I didn't know there was one. Yeah. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> Time for the DP, money, Penny. <laughs> all right, moving on. I'm amazed this is as high up on the list as it is in terms of worst to best. 1987's The Living Daylights, which introduced the world to an uninterested Timothy Dalton. You know what? I actually just watched this before I came over. Yeah. This is a better movie than License to Kill. I believe the opposite. In really? all honesty, I believe the opposite. I think. Okay, granted, the villain in this one of um, Mitchell. Mitchell is <laughs> Joe Don Baker. Joe Don Baker is not a convincing villain in anything he does. He's not convincing <laughs> anything in anything. He if you does. if you notice my notes, Mike, I actually wrote that down in here. We got the villains of General Koskov, played by Yolan Krabbe, and then Brad Whitaker, played by Mitchell. Mitchell. Wait a minute, isn't that the rhythm guitarist for Aerosmith? Yolan Krabbe. No, Brad Whitaford. No, Whitaker. Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Kind of like Forrest Whitaker. Except instead he's played by a drunk, doughy southerner. Yeah, because with this one, they were trying to... They were, you know... They learned from all the cliche stuff from the Roger Moore, and they were trying to do exactly what they did with uh, Daniel Craig ones and tried to get more gritty, more realistic, but they didn't take it quite the right right way. This movie is pretty much ranks in terms of just... Just kind of like Bond ridiculousness of some of the earlier 80s Bond movies. Like, you said this yourself. The 80s were not kind no, of Bond. No. I think this one wasn't... I mean, it was a bad movie, but it wasn't as bad. I would say out of all the bad movies, this one's the best, better one. Okay. And, just, you know... I, I'm with the, I, I, you know, I just go back to... I just don't know what you expect right. from this. I mean, I understand... Yeah, there are aspects of some that are making better than others, but... At the end of the day, they're very similar. Oh yeah, but I mean, I think I think even with something that is that similar, there is a uh, you know a high and a low criteria for that. I'm not comparing these movies to L.A. Confidential or you know The Lord of the Rings or anything like that. They they stand on their own. 
What about Larry the Cable Guy? Well, you know, Tooth Fairy 2, by the way, is a, is a master art, a masterwork. The artist fucking stole from Tooth Fairy 2. I saw that on Netflix streaming, and I just looked at that like, huh, directed DVD, Larry the Cable Guy. My Answer God, that. my God, I hope he has gambling debts. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, you know, the, the thing with, with Dalton as Bond is, apart from the fact that he has just negative personality, is the fact that anytime he smiles, I just have this feeling that he's just thinking, I can't believe I fucking landed this job. He would turn on, like, Remington Steel every night, like, just, and drop trow and just rub one out in front of it, like, that's right, Brosnan, it's me, Dalton got the call, See, Dalton! Yeah, I mean, they I... call him Dalton, his name is Dalton. <laughs> I mean, like, Roger... That was on tonight, by the way. What is I know that? it's surprising. Roadhouse. Oh. Tonight on Spike. <laughs> turn it on tomorrow. I sure you will be on. Keep going. I mean, like Roger Moore was all, all like all suave and no spy. Yep. Timothy Dalton was more like all spy, no suave. No, I thought Timothy Dalton was the vanilla gorilla <laughs> of the James Bond franchise. He is, he's just so he's not memorable. Now again, like I'll say, there was the plots are kind of the same. The actors are very different in, in terms of range of skill, believability, no, right. acting skill, and appeal. When I, I, Timothy Dalton, I just look at him and I think of him as Flash Gordon's sidekick in that shitty Flash <laughs> Gordon movie from 1980. I don't know who he was, like Robin Hood from Space or Mr. Green Jeans or whatever the Whenever hell Whenever I was. see him, I just think of the uh, the main villain from Rocketeer. Exactly. He did a far better job in. Yes. So. He, he's much better, he's much better as a villain. I agree. I absolutely agree with that. I thought he was awesome in the Rocketeer. So yeah. we know he can act. Yeah. Just not in Bond movies. No. All right. I have a weird prejudice, and I know it's wrong. I th- every time I see a British actor, I assume at some point they must have done Shakespeare. I don't know <laughs> why I think. Even like Russell Brand. Hey! You know You're probably right. <laughs> Is this the dagger I see before me? <laughs> no, it's just Katy Perry. He's still more, way more famous and popular than I'll ever be. And probably funnier, too. Can you ask me a question? Why is it every time I talk, you feel like drinking a bottle of hand sanitizer? <laughs> I don't know. Let me chug this and I'll tell you. Uh, all right. Um, so let's move on to some of the criteria of the Living Daylights. First of all, the theme song by uh, uh-huh. Norwegian, Norway's own Aha. I like this song. You know what? It's not a bad. In, in the grand scheme of Bond th- songs, it's not that bad. It's James Bond. It's just James Bond. It's James Bond. I like this song. I also like Aha. I actually, I you know, I have the the best of Bond soundtrack, which is very very good. But um, Chris of Chris's Cultural Corner actually turned me on to this web series called Todd in the Shadows, and he's got a thing called One Hit Wonderland, and he discussed Aha's take on me and how they were like they were the logical choice to do a Bond movie, mm. you know, because 
There were European, there were a hot European band who had a lot more hits in Europe than they Wait did. Wait a minute, that's horseshit because Kraftwerk was a hot European band. You don't see them singing at each other. That would be hysterical if they did, though. <laughs> One of the ladies come out. Not that we give a rat's ass. <laughs> um, now, for girls, uh, Myram D- Dabo, Kara uh, Milvoy. Yeah. About as as blonde and as boring as they come. Yeah. Well, she wasn't the Wonder Years, so you had to give her something. Actually, no, that was her sister. What? There was another Dabo. There's two of them? Yes. Olivia realize, Olivia, Olivia Dabo, Dabo was I didn't uh, realize Wonder the Dabo. world was blessed with two. And guess guess who their father was? Lou Dabo. No, he was Manfred Mann. From the it was, Earth Band. Was Earth Band? <laughs> Actually, I think it's is pronounced Diabo. Diabo. Yeah, because there's the apostrophe, so you actually say D and then Abo. Okay, cause I, 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 do, I did see her. She did this thing on the um, Casino Royale Blu-ray where she went around the world and met up with all the surviving Bond girls. I couldn't understand a fucking word that came out of her mouth. And she's British. <laughs> we know how <laughs> exactly you are with the British, Andy. I mean, you, usually you, think, you don't even need the title. You don't even need subtitles. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got um, 1971's Diamonds Are Forever. And they are. This is honestly a worse movie than the, uh, than uh, You Only Live Twice. No, uh, I don't think so. I, 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 You know what? It's hard to get through. It's okay. It, it, you know what it is? It, it, the action sequences, there's an action sequence and there's a wall. There's, there's a wall. But every scene that that Bond makes his getaway in, you just you got to think that he's in the vehicle somewhere, just humming out "Paycheck, paycheck, pay paycheck." Sean's getting paid. Sean's getting paid. <laughs> Was that his last one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you don't count, if you don't count, count, and nobody does, no, I'm not never count, count never say never again. Which was just a remake of of uh, Thunderball. Yes, exactly. And him, you know, sixty five year old Sean Connery banging twenty three year old Kim Basinger. Yeah, that's not uncomfortable. Hey, wait, uh, uh, Roger Moore banged um, oh, Tanya Tanya Roberts. Yes, whose mother was younger than him. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Where does Grace Slick rank him? We're getting to that. We got oh. we got a few more movies. That here. that just goes to show you, James Bond will throw it in. <laughs> Damn. So um, oh, this one wasn't that bad. I didn't mind it as much. I mean, the, the Bond girl in this one was absolutely pathetic. Tiffany Case. Yeah. Hi, I'm a su- I'm a Southern lady. Yeah. I steal things. Great. Well, Great. And. Yeah, I know he had hair, but Charles Gray was a better Blofeld than, um, what's his name? Telly Savalas? yeah. We're getting to that, too. Um, all right, the song Diamonds Are Forever, yet again, by Shirley Basie, who needed the paycheck. Yeah. Shirley's gotta eat. Um, it's, it she really... She Count Basie? She might be. It's... Probably. It really, it's a horrible Goldfinger ripoff. We'll get to, we'll yeah, get to yeah. that they're all kind of a, a ripoff of each other at some point. Well, with Shirley Basie, yes. There's a set, there are several that are that are horrible Goldfinger ripoffs. But now the villains. All right, you mentioned Blofeld. I I thought Charles Gray was good. I don't know why they could just slap a bald cap on him just to keep a yeah. continuity. Um, the cloning thing was kind of stupid. Yeah. But then there's Mister Wint and Mister Kid. The closest thing oh. that you will see up until Skyfall. Of gay men interrogating Bond. I just want them. I just want them to tickle your bomb with a feather. <laughs> I just wanted one one time after they kill someone. 
Oh, what, you are going to get it tonight, girlfriend. Oh, God. Seriously, they were like, really like, uh, like Mr. Wint was like the bear. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the slot. He honestly looked like Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch, had aged 40 years, had gone bald, and just grew like this shitty-ass bristly mustache. He honestly looked like an AVT, an AV instructor. If it's the one I'm thinking about, I thought he always looked like the dancer from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> Who did nothing but dance. No, that was the other one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, I think we need to... We are running long. We got a, we a lot of movies. Let's move on. 1974, The Man with the Golden Gun. I like that one. I actually... That's one of my favorites. This is considered one of the worst Roger Moore movies. And in all honesty, I think it's a little misaligned. Yeah. I, I, I liked it. I like it. I just think that... Scaramanga's a really cool villain. Yes. I don't see a point to a third nipple, though. Yeah, I he agree with that. He gives a rip-roaring rat's ass about that. He has a gun with a, that's a pen and a lighter. That is <laughs> Which, awesome. Which, by the way, it, is badass. the gun has to be gold-plated, because if you made an actual gun out of gold, it would, melt. It would explode <laughs> after the first shot. Well, here's the thing. I'm not even going to mention suspension of disbelief, uh-huh. which, okay, that that's stipulated. Yeah. His name was Goldfinger. If he was Pretzel Finger. No, no, no. Oh, no. Scaramanga, yeah. but he was the man with the golden gun. Yeah. All right, Who cares? Here's the thing. All right, they didn't have to throw in the Doomsday device. Honestly, a movie about a guy who's just gunning after Bond, yeah. I, think, I think that would work well enough alone. However, he wasn't actually gunning after Bond. Yeah, I know. He was going to melt the world or whatever shit he was going to do with this. And she called, she sent the bullet to Bond to try and get him in. They have Bond stopping. Yeah. Remember? Wait a minute. Now, was, I thought he wanted to make an island where people's fantasies came true, and Bond was stopping him to do it. <laughs> he had the little midget already. Well, you, getting, I, you got the midget right, yeah. Oh, that wasn't... Am I getting things mixed? Oh, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Wow. I would have made a much better Bond movie. <laughs> so, um, next up, I mean, we've got... Yeah, we, we talked about that. Yeah, oh, Nick Knack is kind of just an ineffectual little... You know, it's just fun to watch the little midgets get thrown around. It yeah. really is. Um, now the theme song. The Man with the Golden Gun by Lulu. Oh, this was such a bad song. Here's the thing with this song. If any song was going to tell you the story of the entire movie, it's this one right here. It's like she could, she is like... He's got a gun. It's gold. <laughs> Pretty He's much. He's shoot you in the junk. He has a powerful weapon. He charges. Who had already, I think, it had been five years past her expiration date of European popularity. She had never been popular here. No. And honestly, the only time I ever heard about Lulu was when she appeared on an episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus. Really? Yeah. You must have known that. I probably have. I I'm don't sure. remember. Come on. But let's talk about one of the worst Bond girls of all time. Mike. Oh, oh, I hate her so much. What's her name? Good night. Merry good night. Merry good night. Who, who I believe the uh, British paper Daily, the Daily Mail, called her astoundingly incompetent blonde agent, and that pretty much sums it up. She, she turns on Scaramanga's doomsday device with her ass. Yeah. By backing into it, in a bikini, my I'm, mind you. Yeah. Safely, I assume. Oh yes. Okay. Well. And she, like, 
She plays hard to get for like five seconds and like, okay, let's get off. Let's Nobody get ever off. plays hard to get with him. It's my god, they're flinging their panties in his face. They can't do it fast. Yeah, but she even, she even pretends, she even says that, okay, am I done playing hard to get? Okay. <laughs> All right, shall we move on? Yes. All right, next one 1997. Tomorrow Never Dies, the third in the trilogy of. That was that movie? Let's review. So far, we've managed to confuse that Dr. Christmas Jones was not in Die Another Day. Um, oh, and yeah, this is the one. Elliot with... Carver was not the villain this is the one in with Price. Uh, Tomorrow Never. Er, um... This was the one with Jonathan Price. Okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. And Michelle Yao. Who should, you know, if they were going to talk about anybody getting their own spinoff series, yeah. it should have been her. What? Yeah. She knows Kung Fu. She, honestly, she, she broke the cardinal rule of James Bond movies. She... You're, thou shalt not be cooler than Bond. She was. She was awesome in this. Mm. Sadly, it was all sold off the fact that Jackie Chan was popular with uh, Rumble in the Bronx, and then... <laughs> Who else can we find? Oh, her. Yeah, bring her in. Um, It's an okay movie. It's... I mean, the, the stuff with the Russian chats is always fun, and... Justin the... Price is a good actor. Yeah, you know what... If any, you know, the, the biggest issue with that is he's a TV, he's a media mogul who owns a submarine. He's evil. Uh, it wasn't a submarine, it was a stealth boat. Of course it was. <laughs> stealth boat. Can you imagine? That's like a show that Homer Simpson watches on Sweeps Week. Night boat. Can you imagine this some longshoreman out in Gloucester? <laughs> Arr, what that be coming at us? I can't see it, but I can see the waves. <laughs> Aye, it's a British fop. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really kind of sad also. I think Pierce Brosnan looked like he was bored. Pierce Brosnan this always looked bored. movie. But that's the thing about Bond. No, suave and bored are always confused. The second movie in, though, really. It, I mean, with his, with his, with, um, Pierce Brosnan's movies, it started really great, and they went steadily downhill. So this was the Second, well, you're comparing or, him to Timothy Dalton, who he's yeah. vastly superior. To. Yeah. So I mean, it it was better than the other two. All right. But it's not nearly as good as Goldeneye. No. Yeah. All right. The song "Tomorrow Never Dies" by Sheryl Crow. Oh. Pot, uh, in my opinion, one of the worst Bond themes, yeah, themes ever. Oh uh, yeah, Sheryl Crow. She's too honky tonk. It was yeah. It was just it sounded it went like she, nowhere. She didn't know how to sing it. It's, it's like, okay, here, Cheryl, you get it's five minutes, get the song style. out. No. She's not no. A, a, a sultry lounge singer type. She is, or, or, or a chartreuse. Right. Well, here's the thing, though. Now that you bring that up, there's another version. It's, it's actually a different song called Tomorrow Never Dies that's on the soundtrack and played at the end credits by Katie Lang, who actually does a very good good job with it because she's got kind of that loungy type of voice. Yeah. Katie Lang could pull it off. Yeah. It's actually it's a much better version of the song, but it's not opening credit type music. No. What number are we on? We're on number nine. Yeah. Um, all right. We talked about White Land. We already talked about Elliot Carver, which brings us to our next movie, 1973, the introduction of Roger Moore's James <laughs> Bond and Live and Let Die. Otherwise known as the Bond black exploitation movie. Yes, this could very well be the most racist James Bond movie, and that's saying something. <laughs> they I... drop Bond right in in Harlem. And then in New Orleans. Well, yeah. That's why they put Roger Moore in there. They're like, good God, you can't put Connery in Harlem. Holy shit, he'd go off like a friggin' Roman candle. I don't like the taste of this Jesus Christ, Christ almighty, where am I? 
Um, there are so. I mean, I understand it's the first of the of the new era of Bond. It's not a good movie, though. It really is kind of stupid. I mean, there was this one point. I'm, I'm watching the movie, and I actually was sending Mike a text saying, "Hey, I'm watching Live and Let Die right now." And then Felix Leiter goes, "Get me a making a white pimp mobile." And I actually typed that in and said, "I cannot fucking believe it. I just heard that." <laughs> it's weird, like beyond like Felix Leiter, he was black in that one, right? No, really? No, he's only been black when he was played by uh, Jeffrey Wright. That's right. No, but I mean, other than like a, a couple of CIA agents, every other black person, every other black actor in that entire movie is a villain. Is a villain. Is a bad guy. Yes, we've got the entire entire like parade of people bringing down like the the. Uh, you co- know, if the producers had, were and the casting agents were were on the ball, they would have realized at that point. Jimmy Dynamite Walker was a hot <laughs> actor at that time. You could have used him. They could have. Instead, they had uh, Yafit Koto, who played Kananga and Mr. Big, who the entire time I'm watching that character, I'm like, is that the dude in a mask or is that a burn victim? Uh, Jimmy J.J. Walker, he, he has a built-in um, catchphrase right there. I'm going to kill Bond with dynamite! Instead of, instead of <laughs> making oil paintings of Ned the Wino, he yep. been... Out fighting Bond. I mean, it would have been... It could have been. It would have been a boon for his career. Here's a character name I don't quite understand. Teehee. He was the big dude with the uh, metal, like, the metal claw, yeah. Who was trying to feed Bond to the crocodiles, and then Bond inexplicably runs on their heads. Yeah. And well, then the, Pitfall was a few years away, but... It was, yeah. And then Baron Samidi. He was played by... Uh, Samdi. Samdi, Yeah. Play the guy who would eventually play Punjab in uh, in Annie and do those awful Sprite commercials. <laughs> seven Up. Oh, Seven Up, yeah. Seven seven up. no caffeine. <laughs> and the funny thing, I mean, you could definitely tell the guy was a Broadway choreographer yeah. because he didn't carry himself like a Bond villain <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. And of course, the uh, the you know the tarot fortune card reader, Solitaire. Yeah. Yes. By Jane Seymour. <laughs> Call me Kitty. Um, yes, and, and essentially, the, the first time I think we've actually witnessed Bond rape somebody on the... <laughs> You know what Daddy likes, bend over. <laughs> Money, Penny. Money, Penny. <laughs> All right, now, what do you think of the song? Oh, it's half good, half Bond, half, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I... Paul McCartney and Wings. It's oh. not bad. I, I hate to say I actually like the Guns N' Roses version better. What, do you, what about you, Mike? Do you like the Guns N' Roses version better? Oh, yes, it's fantastic. No. Fuck no. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. No, but I mean, it starts off like a very serviceable Bond theme. And then suddenly he starts getting all... La, 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 la. What the fuck? I like it. No, and no. I don't like Wings. I like that song. Yeah. No. I think it's... I think it's... Um, I think it's a nice departure from what things normally were. I, I agree with that. Definitely. It doesn't feel Bond. Well, you know what? Maybe no, it, it does. I mean, but here's the maybe thing, though. a view to a kill. It was a new era for Bond. Uh, it has an That's the thing, is that they were completely redoing everything by bringing in a, new act, a completely new actor permanently for Bond. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on. The first Bond movie, 1962's Dr. No. Really? Yeah. I would have kind been much higher. Smack dab in the middle of the list here. Um, honestly, 
Other than Honey Rider, I have very little memory of, of what this movie was about. Oh, so Doctor No, you know, when I was a kid, Doctor No wasn't all. It was always from from Russia with Love. Uh-huh. I don't remember a lot about Doctor No. I mean, I know it's the first one, obviously, but I mean, it was very, very bare bones. I mean, it. Oh yeah. You know, he had no gadgets, and it, all he was, it was just Bond investigating you know, the death of his uh, his his co- coworker, co-worker, yeah, co- colleague. And in covering Dr. No and having to beat him just with his own ingenuity and... Exactly. And skills, you know? No rocket pens yeah, at all. Best way to start off Bond, to be honest, really. Yeah, it wasn't bad. They, you know, they, they kill... They, you know, pretty much the first good guy to die after they introduce all the main characters is the black guy, so... Yeah. Way to go. 62. It was long before the Watts riot, so... Um, not much to go on here other than the villain, Dr. No... Who was supposed to be was a Eurasian? He's, and he was—he was, he was like German, German, German Chinese, uh, Chinese, played Chinese. by a Brit. Yeah, pseudo. Yep. And he had a metal hand. Yes, that's right. He had a metal hand. They always have to have some deformity. <laughs> exactly. I have a, I have a tail. <laughs> One has a third nipple. That's true. Um, and the only thing this movie is really known for is introducing us to not only James Bond but the James Bond theme. One of the great themes. One of the greatest themes of all time. Yeah. That twangy guitar. I yep. Just... You gotta love that. Basic, but it works in so so much. Alright, so we've already talked the first Roger Moore movie, the first Sean Connery movie. Let's go to the last of the Roger Moore movies. 1985's A View to a Kill. No. Um, eh. Eh. You know what? I keep, I'll repeat what Mike said again. The 80s were not kind to Bond. You know what? You would think it would. Because Christopher Walken, I mean, if any actor has the DNA to play a phenomenal Bond villain, yep. it would be him. He's miserable. He's awful. Oh, he's awful in it. And Christopher, I, 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 you know what? It's the typical chicken, shall, chicken salad from chicken shit. Situation. I think it was poorly written. Yeah. Again, it was a Bond movie. I mean, it was it's watchable. I can, right. I can watch it, but um. And Grace Jones. Wow. Oh boy. Yeah. 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 Um. Well, you know, if anyone's ever actually at wondered if, if Bond has had sex with a man in any of these movies, there's there, the look answer no is a resounding yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mayday. Ugh. Ugh. You know, the sad thing is, there was a point where she may have been popular. Uh, that was for about seven minutes in 1984. <laughs> Somewhere was, in like the she, outskirts of Manchester, England. It had nothing to do with it. No, she did. A, she she ripped off Demolition Man. Yep. The police. No, no, that was when she did. Um, oh, that that Conan movie. No, she wasn't. Yeah, Conan. Red, Red Sonia. Yeah, no, it wasn't Red Sonia. It was Conan the Destroyer. Oh right. Um, by the way, Conan is going to be part of my show. Keep going. All right, go ahead. Um. I was going to say yes. Yes, I remember that she plays a... Was that the same actor she always yeah. plays? Yeah, she always plays like a, a nasty savage. Yeah. 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 It looks like she can kill you with her butt cheeks. Now, here's the thing about this. And I, I know that that Roger Moore threatened to retire for three movies. And if you look at the movie posters, look at the, the 70s movie posters, there's Roger Moore looking intense or smiling, you know, with that Bond smirk. When you get to the 80s, everything looks like he's passing a stone. <laughs> And all of the villains that he fights during these old, these olden times, I'm amazed Zoran's on this list because they're either old and feeble, or blobs like Carl Stromberg in uh, in uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. It's like yeah. I can't even be bothered to get off get off this dinner table. <laughs> 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 
it, it, it's kind of weird. Like after Moonraker, you can tell that they knew that they they'd gone too far, so they really pull it. They pull them back. Yeah. So the, the last couple after Moonraker were are more more. I used know, to have Moonraker action uh, trading cards. Oh yeah. Oh, wow. Back when they made a trading card for everything. That ain't worth a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> but the one thing to come out of this movie is the song. Yeah, it's one of Duran Duran's biggest hits. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's like their second number one. No. Because no, The Reflex was number one. I think The Reflex is their first number one song and then this. Okay. They had other stuff chart, but... I mean, it takes everything. John Barry was in direct conjunction with them. To make a Bond-sounding song. And it, it works. They wanted to do Skyfall. They really wanted to do really? Skyfall. Yes, they wanted to do it. They asked it. They petitioned to do it. And they just said, you're not hot enough right yeah. now. So Adele... No, it's, which is fine. Which is fine. Oh, I thought that perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The song's fantastic. But, um, yeah, the, View to a Kill, like we mentioned before, it's the only Bond song to, to chart at number one. Yeah. Meeting you with a view to a kill Face to face in secret places Feel the chill It's an awesome song. It It really is good. It is a good song. But it doesn't have the classic Bond elements that we talk about, you know, the Nancy Sinatra. Right, but what it does incorporate is a lot of that ba-da-ba-da type of... It's very choppy. Ba, yeah. Ba, ba, yeah. Yeah. Ba, ba, but you know what? The other thing ba, is too ba, is that <laughs> a lot of the other Bond songs don't hold up outside of the movie. This one does. It's an actual sing. It feels like a single. It doesn't feel like you mean the so intro if I, of a movie. So if I throw on your classic hard rock channel, I'm not going to hear Goldfinger as I'm trying. Exactly. Goldfinger. All right, shall we move on, gentlemen? Yes. To the final Timothy Dalton movie. You don't have to talk about him much longer. Thank Christ. 1989's License to Kill. Honestly, I think... Sorry, Flash Gordon's best friend. <laughs> Can't do it. All I'm going to say is is that I watched the movie a second time. It wasn't as bad as I remember it being. Gladys Knight does the theme song. Um, and the villain's the last name is Sanchez because he's a Colombian drug lord. But who was in that movie? Um, Benicio del Toro. That's right, a very young and fairly handsome Benicio del Toro. By what del Toro standards, of but course. Until he came face to face with the ugly stick. <laughs> I, I I still think Living Living Daylights was a better Timothy Dalton movie. This one is Which, more intense. This is kind of like they could re they could repurpose this movie for um, Daniel Craig. And it would have been a fit. lot better. It would fit better, yeah. But um, the only thing I really remember from this was when I was at Suncoast. We had this one on our playlist and del toro shows up and he's dragging bond somewhere and one of the guys i work with goes don't give me the keys to the truck motherfucker (laughs) all right moving on uh 1983 octopussy Octopussy. yeah uh, i will i will summarize this one by saying you know by how i talked to andy about it they had uh you know they'd been racist with Jap- by the Japanese. They've been racist with it with the blacks. Now let's go for India. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, the guy who the villain, uh, Louis Jordan. Louis Jordan, who's French. Who's French? They have him in, play an Indian, which was very realistic. Actually, Kamal Khan. Yeah, K- yeah, spelled K A M E L. Uh. You know what I like too that 
Maude Adams is in charge of a harem of slutty acrobats. Right. <laughs> it's like Fox Force 5. I don't know what the hell the purpose of these women were. It's like, you know, at the very end of it, they're like pole vaulting. Yeah. I'm just shooting at them with machine guns and missing them as they're pole, pole vaulting in slow motion. Because they're a circus troupe. Yeah, that... that... We're being overrun by carnies! Run! <laughs> Sadly, what what defines this movie and defines Roger Moore as James Bond is Bond in clown makeup trying to defuse a bomb. Uh, don't forget Bond in a uh, monkey suit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and Bond swinging through the air, doing the Tarzan yell. Yep, yep. Um, however, the theme song to this movie has found second life thanks to the movie Ted. Uh, Rita Coolidge is an all-time high... Because you can't have a song called Octopussy on 1983 pop radio. <laughs> yeah, that... Um, it, but you know what? I think that's the the only Bond cable classic movie. Because that one got played over oh my and God, over yeah. again. Yeah, I'll buy that. Um, you know what the problem with this movie is? It would be an okay movie if they cut a half hour out of it. Anytime this went on too fucking long. You know what? Other than... Origin of Robin. If you want to introduce a circus into an action movie, it's never a real good <laughs> idea because circuses are not action-packed. They're frankly they're creepy. Right. Yeah. I don't want to see a circus. I don't look at them. Why don't we take a whole bunch of animals and have them walk in a circle? Wait, did I say but, walk you know and they trudge slowly? Well, it's not only that; they always seem to enlist the carny, the circus freaks, to help out. Get quick, get the bearded lady, <laughs> the man with three feet. Get the human speed bump out there now! Oh. <laughs> yeah, I th- honestly, it could have just been a shorter movie and it would have been more enjoyable. I yeah. think that might... I don't know if that's the longest running. Skyfall's long. Skyfall is two and a half hours. I think Skyfall wins. But not by much. That was long and for your eyes only. You're both very Actually, long. I think up until Casino Royale or Quantum of Solace, I think it was Honor Majesty's Secret Service was the longest. Running, uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Let's have the worst Bond actor of all time play. So moving on to the next one, which honestly could be confused for Octopussy because again, another HBO classic, nineteen eighty ones for your eyes only. I like that movie, except for they said, "Well, we need an ice skating theme." Hey, let's get the girl from Ice Castle, so <laughs> <laughs> who is way too young to throw herself. Oh no, 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 BB no. doll. He does, he does yeah. not sleep with. No, 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 but she throws himself at it at every opportunity. Yeah, well. There was like a good 20 minutes while I'm watching that movie goes, he he didn't fuck her, did he? It's... He's actively avoiding it, and that that I did respect him for. Honestly, this is a better movie than I think it's given credit for. Yeah, I think it's good. It's, you know, it's a fine movie. It's, however, you know, getting back to old and feeble villains, you've got, um, was it Julian Glover playing Christos? Oh, yes. It was the first... (laughs) Bond movie, I think, in a long time that kind of harkened back to the old genre. A little bit. A little bit. But no, but I mean, I'm talking about after, you know, Moonraker and that the, that weird... They got out of the high concept. It, it was a good... Like, I like how they did twist it. They, it looked like Julian Glover was, you know, the, the, you know, the ally. Yeah. And then they flipped that around. Yeah. But Moonraker was almost like that wacky London from the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> You know Carnaby, I mean. sir, you know, square, yeah. Yeah, and I think they finally went away. There was, there was more of the espionage. Shockingly enough, he's fighting the Russians in it. Amazing. Yeah. Um, now the song, which uh, Chris actually wrote that... I think it's the best Bond. They show the video in the title sequence of the uh, movie, and he loved the song. 
Sheena Easton's the only performer to actually appear in the credit sequence of a Bond movie. You can see so much in me, so much in me that's new. I think this I song. That. It's my favorite Bond song. I think this song sounds like a feminine hygiene product. I like yes. it. I'm sorry. I, I gotta agree with Andy. I hate this song. Oh, you really like it if Train was singing in it. I actually, you know, the thing is, <laughs> what if I ever saw it like Train, I just know you do. <laughs> I just remember this was a solid gold classic. Did, did Dionne Warwick ever? <laughs> exactly. I'm sure she did. They are eyes only. God. <laughs> oh. I should probably had Madam sing it. <laughs> Whalen Flowers and Madam sing That'd be awesome. What the hell? Just bring Madam Cleo. Up. <laughs> awesome. Oh. Totally awesome. All right. Next up, in my opinion, the best Roger Moore movie, 1977's The Spy Who Loved Me. It just has that one scene that's real. I think it's the right one. Well, there's the Shark Tank one, but yeah. when they're going down the hill, I think it's this one. Again, they all they all mull together. Yeah, he's being chased on skis, and their ski poles are rifles. Like they yep. turn into rifles, and they, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I remember this because our childhood friend Steve Bernie got skis. And, oh yes, um, yes, I was James and, Bond, and he would chase me on skis. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't have a gun, but luckily for him, <laughs> there were a lot of rocks lying around. Oh, so much better, so much better. Pity, I pity you couldn't do what Bond did and flip his uh, his ski pole out and shoot it as a dart. Right into his chest. Mm. This movie's got a lot of good stuff on it. I mean, apart from the fact that Carl Stromberg is, you know, weighs a metric ton and can't <laughs> be bothered to get off the uh, get away from the dinner table. It did introduce us to Jaws. Mm-hmm. It did. Who was way more menacing and way more effective because he actually kills people in this one. And he kills a bull shark. No, a tiger shark. Yes, he does they by always, biting they it. Who's tiger, tiger sharks? I don't know why. They just need to use great whites. They were easy on the union. <laughs> yeah, okay. What a great white hood. Well, we got good news and bad news. We got the great whites in the tank. The bad news, they ate Blofeld. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The um even the the, uh, the Bond girl in this one, Anya uh, how you pronounce this? Wow, she made an impact. Amazova. Yeah, the Russian agent. Barbara Bach, yeah, very good. Agent Triple X. That's right. <laughs> Get it because she likes to have shacks. Money penny. <laughs> this one, I mean, I love this movie, but again, as I was texting with Mike about this, I said this is a great movie. The score is, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but Marvin Hamlish's disco tinge score uh, killed it for me. Well, he always tries to have, he always tries to interject some of the culture of the day. Yeah. I guess I'm glad now that they didn't interject like young Jizzy into <laughs> Skyfall. I <laughs> think he should be happy about that. Yeah, um, maybe now, have Zac Efron sing it. <laughs> Ooh. Now, essentially, though, that um, I'm trying to remember. Does Stromberg just try to like have an underwater palace where he can then breed the world's most hum- perfect human beings, and then yeah, he's trying to get um, the U.S. and Soviet Union to go to war with each yeah. other, wipe yeah. out all of life, so that he can live under the sea and no one will pollute under the, the sea <laughs> it's, a, so it's like Moonraker underwater exactly <laughs> seriously though like 
They're trying to be inconspicuous. They had these giant... First of all, who the fuck built it? These giant bases. When all you'd have to do is send a couple of U.S. submarines out to torpedo the living crap out of them. Well, I guess I got here a little too late. And the worst part is the price gouging. Once they find it's for Blofeld, the price goes up. Um, Can you imagine him trying to get all those Home Depot contractors down there? <laughs> Yeah, I don't work on Thursdays. Now, as the theme song goes, Chris wrote that he never knew the song was from a Bond movie, but it doesn't really sound like it would be. It's Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. I don't I don't see the point to having this song as a Bond it's, theme. It's tough. It's not a bad song. It honestly, no, it's, not, it's a not a bad, bad song, song. But it's not a Bond theme. But it At all. Be, but it might be accurate. That's true. Well, because of all Nobody, the ass yeah. he gets, he gets yeah. more ass than a toilet seat. He's got to be doing something right. Nobody, Nobody does, that does that better. Except for maybe her smack-riddled husband at the time, James Taylor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm singing this song for you, baby. All right, moving on to oh, on, the, the best of the Pierce Brosnan movies. Mm. Golden Eye. Golden Eye, 1995. Excellent. Yeah. This movie is awesome. Yeah. This is a really good movie and a great way to wake the audience, you know, wake the audience up for how good Bond could be. Well, because I mean, we just had two Timothy Dalton movies. Yep. And then there was a, a gap of what, like four or five years? Honestly, there was a twelve-year. Uh, no, actually, if you really want to get down to it, based on our conversation, a fourteen-year gap between good Bond movies. No, I think you're just talking about the last Bond movie. Right. Yeah. No, it was it was a six-year gap. And they brought in Pierce Bryant, and they introduced him perfectly. He jumps yep. off a dam, and he just drops right into a Soviet um, missile silo. No, just Soviet installation. Yeah, and he blows up his best friend, you know, uses a couple women as human targets, and <laughs> runs off. No, but that what? James Bond, lily-livered coward. <laughs> I, I think this is, um, Sean Bean as uh, Alex. Al Trevelyan. Very good, very good, villain. Very yeah, good, good villain. villain. This this kind of re, uh, rebooted uh, Sean. Well, actually, it kind of introduced everybody to Sean Bean. Yeah, he was in Patriot he Games. Was in Patriot Games. But yeah, it is before Baromir. Right, exactly. And then you know what a shock he doesn't survive this movie either. And now uh, he then he didn't survive the Game of Thrones either. Yep, he survived in Troy. He was Odysseus. That's right. Ooh. It's like the one movie he survived in. Except he gets lost and gets attacked by <laughs> Cyclops, and harpies, and stuff. Eh, good for him. Um, alright, the the women, we already talked a little bit, but Xenia on the top, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I, what a cool way to kill people. Yep. She crushes you with her legs. The only, is... the only problem with that is, is that the only way you can kill people is if you're going, if you're willing to get that close to them to have sex with them. You couldn't put yourself in like a big rubber band and fire yourself at them? <laughs> legs open. <laughs> <laughs> See, the Bond theme music would work perfectly. There you that. go. Actually, um, I was I was watching uh, this this uh, Top Gear special about the cars of James Bond, and they bring up a pretty pretty sizable problem with this one. You gotta shop the Prius, money penny. <laughs> no, in that you, know, you had my Prius. I you, mean, my you Prius. had a, ra- a race in the beginning money between penny. this like this old Aston Martin and this you know mo- like. Well, at the time, modern Ferrari. They had yep. much better handling, much more speed, and they were keeping tabs on each other. They were... What are you saying? The Ferrari should have wiped his ass. But he okay, didn't. Okay, here's no. your problem. Again. Suspension of disbelief. Please, I know. Please, I know. <laughs> Come on. I, eh. I don't lose. I never lose. <laughs> it was Oma's fault. James Bond 
a British fop in a in a tuxedo beats the crap out of Richie Keel, who's like seven five, <laughs> could snap a giraffe's neck with his bare hands. But yet he gets beaten by the little British guy. The only one who would believe that would be Andy. Let's talk theme song. Golden Eye, but Tina Turner. Tina Turner. See reflections on the water. More than darkness in the depths. See him surface and never a shadow. On the wind, I feel his breath. Golden eye, I found his weakness. Golden eye. This is a Chris thinks it's an okay song, but the movie did make a good video game. Really? I love this. I love I, this. This is in my. I think this might be in my top five. This is probably in my top three. This is a very good song. It's in my top one. Really? I just feel like I have to say that. I'm sorry. I love this song. It's you know it, it fits all the elements. Yep. You know you got your bad bad type of. You have a chartreuse singing. Yep. It, it it just works. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like she just tried to shoehorn the the title in there some way. <laughs> and then he comes down to the street and he's James Bond and it's Goldeneye. And then the train <laughs> leaves the station. And you get like that Stephen Hawking type of thing. Golden <laughs> eye. <laughs> Golden eye. And then... <laughs> well, that would be now. That would be if you had Carly Rae Jepsen singing. That's true. All right, moving on to what, personally, maybe the best, in my opinion, the best Bond movie ever. Casino Royale, 2006. Oh, that... It's, it's uh, tough. It's that number two for me. And it's sac- I think it's sacrilege uh, for a lot of pure bond, like your dad probably would no, have I a conniption. I don't know. I don't know. I The second I saw this movie, I immediately fell in love with it. It was that good. It, well, it was, such, it was so different than anything we'd ever seen before. Like you said before, the construction site scene. Yeah, I mean, I mean the first time you see Bond, he's beating people to death with his bare hands. Yes. And brutally, I mean, you, you'd never seen that in a Bond movie before. Well, even the way they introduced, like the, the you know, like the scope thing. Yeah. Who does that? It was awesome. It was. Um, I would put it in my top five movies of all time. Yeah. yeah. One of them. I love this movie. Yeah. Well, you know, I should let me rephrase that. It, it's definitely top two for Bond movies for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the villain, the chief. Hey, he was good. He was very good. He's gonna be playing Hannibal Lecter on TV pretty yep. soon. Um, I thought he was very good. You know, he cries. Te- you know, he cries tears of blood. He looks like a guy in my fantasy football league, Chuck Crocker. He does. Oh my god. Okay. Um, I know it means nothing. But even the Bond girl, Vesper Lind, yeah. one of the best Bond girls ever. Oh yeah. She was good. Oh, she was very good. She was and, really good. Yep. And for a long time, they had a Guinness Book of World Record for the most flips in a, in a, uh, in a car. Oh, yes, really? Really? Yep. Interesting. But here's where the movie really gets me. The theme song. Chris Cornell's You Know My Name mm-hmm. is in my, that is my top three. I've seen angels fall from blinding heights But you yourself are nothing so divine Just next in line Very 
I love that. I, like I love that theme song. I, I love you know. I love "Of You to a Kill." I love "Golden Eye," but I, this is in there. Mm. It's so good because again, it's different. Yeah. It's completely different. Well, well, you're yeah. the Soundgarden fan. What do you I, What do you think of it? Well, I mean, I like Chris Cornell. I like anything he ever does. So, I mean, I'm trying to. I'm kind of drawing a blank on it. I've heard it. Yeah, I'm sure, I liked it. Yeah, With this movie they did. They just you know, uh, let's. We know what we did before. Let's just try something completely different and see how pe- see how people. Go well, even the it. credit sequences include, um, Christopher, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Craig rather, doing stuff in the credit sequence, not yeah, just Daniel showing Craig. up. Actually, same Daniel thing. Craig, yes, yeah, I meant. Uh, same thing in Skyfall. Yeah, exactly. I think he's done them in all of them. To be honest with you. Yeah. So there you go. That's my favorite. Okay. Uh, moving on. 1965, Thunderball. I love it. It's my favorite. I love Thunderball. Okay. It's my favorite. I, I, I think it's my favorite, too. It's one of my favorites. It's it's fun. It's your first underwater thing. Uh, although, you, you, that's probably... I, I love the underwater scenes, but I have no idea what the hell is going on. They, they needed to edit that one, that, those scenes much better. Why is everybody wearing the same color wetsuit? Why where's, is that happening right now? Where's Bond? Is that what Bond knows? Is that Bond? No, he's dead. Oh, where the hell is Bond? Ugh. Also, for 1965, movie-making standards could have possibly some of the worst rear projection uh, photography I've ever seen in my life. I think most people <laughs> put this in... Thunderball's in the top five, I would think. It's it always... Be. You know, it always... Goldfinger's always... It always sits behind Goldfinger, yeah, but... Goldfinger, and sometimes with From Russia with Love. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I do enjoy Thunderball... The villain, Emilio Largo. Yeah. I mean, that sets the stage for your, for the, your great Bond villain. Yeah. He's got an eye patch. No, yeah, he's just got the eye patch, not the not the no, cat. It would have been awesome if he did. Well, Blofeld was in that one. Yes. The one thing about um, this movie, though, I know you love the theme song. I think it is the most shameless Goldfinger ripoff ever. Honestly, at some point in that, I was expecting Tom Jones to start saying he loves only gold. I mean, he threw the, he threw the song together in like five minutes, but I think for a, for a, for a song that was put together in five minutes, it sounds like it was done much better than that. He usually had women flinging their underwear. To yeah. Studio, so I mean, it's hard to concentrate. Even in the studio. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't I do not doubt that he his name is his bed Thunderball. <laughs> not unusual to be shot by you. <laughs> All right, let's come move on. on. Uh, come on, send him my Thunderballs. According to Entertainment Weekly, the third best Bond movie of all time. I don't agree. Um, okay. well, the introduction of one Mr. George Lazenby, 1969's Honor Majesty's Secret Service. I don't. I can't. I don't like this movie. I think this movie... I mean, I... I the more I think about it, the less I like it, but I don't think that it's deserved a lot of the... Hatred that it's gotten solely because it's it's the one it's the one and done. Well, it's because he had to follow Connery. Yeah, and I admit it. That's my issue with it. He had to follow Connery. No, my, my issue he with can. it is, is it didn't feel like a very good Bond movie. I mean, first of all, in the first half hour, it's the whole thing is, well, yeah, I'm promise I'm Bond. This is a Bond movie. Wink, wink. I mean, he, it starts off, he like, he gets beat up on the beach, and he says, this never happened to the other guy. Wink, wink. wink. And then the uh, theme song is showing you clips from the other four <laughs> movies. 
Other and, better Bond movies. And then as he's like packing his bags, he's like threatening to resign. He's putting away all the uh, mementos he got from the other four movies. Yep. I'm like, really? Stop. The thing uh, about this movie that I do like is the fact that it does humanize, humanize Bond enough. I don't want him to be humanized. But it's like Skyfall. Skyfall humanized him as well. Yeah, but... But Daniel Craig's badass. Well, yeah, exactly. My, um, my other big problem with this movie is that George Lazenby... He has. He supposedly has a license to kill. Yeah. He used it maybe twice. And once was by accident. Yeah, I mean, he most of the time with the bad guys, he beat him up and knocked him unconscious, tie him up and leave him away. <laughs> You've got a license to kill. Use it. Shoot people. Come Honestly, on. Honestly, the worst part about this movie, though, in my opinion, Telly Savalas is Blofeld. That was a very lucky baby. <laughs> oh my god! It honestly, he couldn't even be bothered to remember what the part Did was. Did they give him a lollipop in that one? Too? No, they didn't. Uh, oh, they were close to it. I'm pretty sure. Well, he tried to kill him with his diners club card. <laughs> no, he tried to kill him with a players bobsled. club. It's a players club card. <laughs> he tried to kill him with a bobsled. <laughs> so when you come to Vegas and stay at the Black Lung Hotel and Casino, <laughs> bring your duck players club card. Tell him Telly sent you. <laughs> And then when you're in the kitchen cleaning the dishes, <laughs> try to forget about Telly. <laughs> Telly owes a couple of markers, if you don't mind me saying. Who is Telly Savalas' daughter? Oh, Nicole, Nicolette Sheridan. Okay. okay. Mm. You know, I think it's worth, you know, at the very least, it's worth a view. It's worth a view. It's, yeah. And then you can make your, your own decision about Di- it. Diana Rogue is pretty good. I liked her in it. Yeah, she was fine. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. All right, next up, number two, 1963, from Russia with Love. Yeah. He destroys it. He shoots a flare gun at a bridge and blows it up. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so realistic. I love the fact that the villain, Grant, played by Robert Shaw, who had probably been drinking heavily. I didn't even realize it was Robert Shaw until I saw the end credits. When I was a kid, they said it was Grant. I thought it was Lou Grant. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was Ted Knight. He's henchmen. <coughs> I'm gonna kiss oh. your ring, Lou. Oh, come on, behind! I'm gonna kill you now. Um, it's I, I had actually seen this one for the first time a few months ago when Mike loaned it to me. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It really set. I think it's more set. He's the tone. married in that though. Isn't no, he? he's not. No, but he's married. That's on, on, on that's on Her Majesty's Secret, Secret Service. Service. Oh, okay. When he kills his wife. His Majesty, he's married for like five minutes. Quite literally. Yeah. Well, well, there's doing the lily. I, guess. I love you, Lily, cute butt. <laughs> I, um, I mean, the scene in the train is really suspe- suspenseful in here. It's yeah. it's a fun movie. Yeah, I think it is more so than Doctor No. It is the predecessor. Yeah, it's the predecessor to all the Bond movies. I, I agree. So I, more I agree. so because because Doctor No is it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't have the gadgetry. It's not as slick. It's right. It's very, very straightforward. Sam Spade, espionage type of... Does this one introduce Q? Yes, it does. Mm. Now, let me ask you a question, Jim. You who sang the theme song from Russia with Love? Yes. Great White. <laughs> Louis Armstrong. No, actually, that Matt Monroe. Russia. Louis Armstrong did on Her Majesty's Secret Service slash oh, We Have All right. the Time in the World. Yeah, that's right. Which we didn't really talk about, yeah, but it's a Louis Armstrong song. And, boy, nothing says hot, sharp truths like Louis Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt Monroe essentially is a Sinatra wannabe. Hey, cats, here's a cool cat just like me. All right, finally, the last one. Number one is listed by Entertainment Weekly. You know what it is already. 
Turd it's Goldfinger. Finger. Oh. I love Goldfinger. I love Goldfinger. Hate the song. Oh, Hate it with a diehard It sets the precedent. You're going to understand something. You're not supposed to like Goldfinger. It's so schmutchy and ridiculous. It's a bad song. It's but it, a very but bad Mike, the oh, thing is, though. Train sang it. Then it'd be awesome. No, Steve Winwood, Jim. Oh, Steve Winwood. That's right. <laughs> so I suppose you'd love it if Guns N' Roses sang it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Goldfinger. He's the man. The man with the Midas touch A spider's touch Such a cold finger Beckons you to enter his web of sin Honestly, Mike, it sets it sets the tone for every it, Bond theme. All on. I learned from what? that movie, from that song, is he loves gold. Only I gold, it over and over and over. Well, what do you want? Huh. Right. Well, that's the name of the movie is Goldfinger. I mean, it's come on. Look, it's it's you know what it is. It has such a wacky. It's so people remember that song to be better than it actually is. Nobody thinks it's good. No. Nobody thinks it's good. It's it's ridiculous. It's schlock. It's so foolish. People always put it near the top of their theme song. But here's the thing about it: because it it set the precedent. The right. first one. After that, all the ones that copy it. Yes, I agree. But that is the first one that kind of sounds like yeah, the Bond movie. It, it identifies does. the Bond movie. Yes. Doesn't mean it's saying good. Hey, I mean, Goldfinger's okay. I, I actually I put it in my top ten. Yeah. This has got. But I, I mean, it's I think it's 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 one of the first ones where they put them in the over elaborate. Trap. The over elaborate, easy to escape <laughs> trap. That, yeah, that's. I'm going to leave you alone now. This has got um, my probably one of my favorite uh, Bond girls, though. Oh, Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. I must be dreaming. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's the name. Yeah, but no, she, she is was, actually a really good character. She was played by Esther Roll, right? Honor <laughs> Blackman. Wrong. She's actually a really good character. Well, she is, and also in the book, she was also a lesbian. Yeah. Who Bond turns because that's just the power of Bond. <laughs> um, you know, and your your villains. I mean, or Goldfinger. He does nothing other than bankroll mercenaries and mobsters, and doesn't really have much of a point. He's just kind of a scoundrel. Yeah. But you also there's get... an orphanage that needs to be blown up. But the thing is also is that he all he's going to do it's not a take over the world, it's more of a let's just increase the value of my gold by destroying all the rest of the gold. But he's also got odd job. Let's is, face it, odd job is kind of a stupid villain. Andy. He's got the hat. Andy. I know, he sets the precedent though. No, I'm not talking about him setting the precedent. What a brilliant concept. A guy with a razor hat. polar hat. That is awesome. Yeah. He does not suck. You're out of your mind. He's I one love of the odd first job. Oh, I do too. He's one of the first great henchmen. If there's no odd job, there's no Darth Vader. No, I understand. Well, let's that. face it. He, I mean, out of out of all the movies, out of all the first three movies, he is the first one that Bond had no chance of fighting. I mean, yeah, Grant from yeah. Uh, Robert Shaw. He, he was yeah, mismatched, odd job, but he, odd yeah. job mops the floor with him. Right. Oh yeah. Until of course, you know, electricity is not his friend. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go, Frankenstein. Enjoy. I thought I thought Bond would like Hulk up. 
He starts getting beat. <laughs> what you gonna do, Money Penny? But yeah, it's you can't not love Goldfinger. Oh, it's a it's a big. St- Stupid, fun movie. But anytime you see a countdown of the top 100 movies of all time, Goldfinger's always on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, because it is, it's the perfect, it's it the, the total package. It is the quintessential Bond movie. Yes. What you yeah. think about it. It's the quintessential espionage spy movie. And even, well, the, I mean, the scene with, what, what's her name? Shirley, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the, the woman who actually is painted gold. Feeny. Oh. Well, yeah. She died. Yeah, she died. She Not really, yeah. but... And that was the first one where he, um, Bond gets a, a, a decked-out car. That's she true. Yes, and BB-5. That's right. Which, so. which they make a nice... Yeah, it makes a nice little cameo. Where people yeah. started clapping in the movie theater. Oh, people yeah. People clapped in my movie theater, too. Like, okay, people, come on. <laughs> did, did you really know what that is, or did you just like classic cars? I, I just don't know. So, yes, Bond. We salute you, Captain Bond. Commander Bond, sorry. Wow. Yes, come on. just ruined the whole fucking show. <laughs> now, what do you think? Would, do you think people would have clapped if they opened it up and the General Lee was sitting in there? Oh, that'd be hysterical. <laughs> well, thank God, you know, London is, is filled with um, areas of, of gaps that have to jump over. That's right. <laughs> so, um, anyway, before we get into the movie review of Skyfall and the rest of our segments, I would like to let you know that our segments tonight are being brought to you by the future Dirty Old Men of America. They're dirty, y'all. <laughs> You can find them at www.fdoma.podbean.com or F-D-O-M-A, yeah. by subscription at the iTunes store, just like us. Uh, so if you want to hear discussions about weird news, um, jizz stuck in your chest hair, and all sorts never, of... You can never find enough news outlets for that. Right, exactly. For anything that you want, uh, John and Nick... They'll, uh, they're going to give you they're going to give you goods there. The future dirty of old men of America. They'll fuck your spine for straight. Wow, that is um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave us a very nice shout out on their show. So oh, excellent, thank you. So check it out. You um, it's 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 a lot of fun, especially if you know you, there's there's only so much sports and so much news and so much history stuff you can listen to and so much nerdy stuff you can talk you listen to online. Future Dirty Old Men of America is just like sitting back and just spouting whatever comes to mind. It's pretty cool. Awesome. So, yes, John and Nick, we'll talk to you later. And now, let's uh, bring up... Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a... Geek Salad Movie Review. Let's talk Skyfall. Awful. What a pile of crap that was. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are lying through your teeth, I am. Sir. This shit. It honestly... I have a hard time reconciling the fact that I keep calling Casino Royale my favorite Bond movie. I suppose you have to this. This was so good. Yeah. And I knew it hit that, like, mainstream sweet spot because Autumn couldn't stop talking about it. Mm. Kind of like the Avengers. She ah. just couldn't stop talking about Skyfall. I'm like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Now... Uh, clear disclosure, guys. We're gonna we're gonna throw a bunch of spoilers. Yeah. So if um, you haven't seen Skyfall and you don't want to have anything ruined, move ahead like five minutes or so. Sure. All right. Well, first he's a trans he's a crossdresser, <laughs> which really adds a different twist to the movie. Um. Well, the villain is almost a crossdresser. Oh God! Oh, that 
How can I just talk about this movie? Because it's greatest just villain real, of all time. Very well could be. Um, Silva was awesome. I like the fact that he was a cyber terrorist and really had never gotten his hands dirty because he makes a lot of mention yeah. about what hard work it is to actually have to get out in the field and shoot people. Yeah. And he, he always plays... The, uh, his first confrontation with Bond is such a great oh, it's face tense. scene. It's ten- the funny thing is, though, is that you know he comes in an hour and a half into the movie, pretty yeah. much. Like an hour. Yeah, because I remember like... Isn't Javier Bardem in this movie? Oh, yeah. There he there is. There he is. He was... There was nothing significant or different about what he did. I mean, I know he's a cyber criminal, but at the end of the day, he was causing mayhem. Right. And they all do that. Yeah. But it was... It's his voice, and it's that look he gives you. It, it, it's his expression. It's that, the the, he time. did the same it's thing so... when he played Anton Shurga. In No Country for it's Old twi- Men. It's just twisted. It's, yeah. It's one of the weirdest looks. It's unsettling. I mean, if I'm ever murdered violently, I just want everyone to find uh, Javier Bardem and question him, because there's an excellent did. chance he probably did it. Cause... I, mean, I mean, the whole scene where you know he's trading off with Bond about the, you know, shoot the, try to shoot the whiskey glass off the, yep. off the girl. You know, he's got a kind of mocking... Um, Bond. Bond shot. Yeah. As soon as he, as soon as he hits her, he just turns and shoots her right in the chest. Right. Like not even, not even. Yeah. No, because he's that cold blooded. Um. Really, you know what the funny thing about this movie is also moving off of of Silva and moving on to the Bond girls. It's kind of funny that the main Bond girl in that movie is is M. I mean, he doesn't have sex with her or anything like that. But... <laughs> yes, he does. Oh yeah, Jim. Try and keep it as spoiler free as possible. Oh wait, no, we're not. Um, I mean, cause she was the main focus. She was practically the main focus of that movie. It was well, nice to see her get, know get out of the office. Yes, exactly. She, you know, yeah, I always enjoy watching the bureaucrats get out of the office. Yeah, yeah no, it was a nice send off for, uh, for Judy Dench. Yeah. Very nice way of sending her off and introducing her replacement. Uh. See, I, you know, it's funny. I was watching it thinking at first, I'm like, I wonder if Ray Fiennes is the real bad guy because I thought he's too big of a name. Just to be kind of right. as a periphery character, you know, he's got to be something. I kind of suspected when I heard that his last name was Mallory. Exactly. Well, that's the thing because they they said in uh, Casino yeah. Royale, M is is not a code name. Yeah. So it's just based on their first names. But uh, they introduced Money Penny. Yes. Nice little, th- you know, if you didn't know, if you didn't kind of figure that out already. It was kind of cool yeah, that they I threw that in there. Their Ted a Ted was fantastic. Oh, it was it's great. because they, every t- he kept on. Suggesting she get behind the desk, right? Uh-huh. She wasn't cut out the field. Work. Well, she did shoot him in the shoulder. That, that was that was great, though. I mean, after after she after she shot him, their tete-a-tetes after that. Was, oh yeah. I'm, I've decided not not to be in the field. Well, I feel a lot safer now. <laughs> but he was so good because he was vulnerable. Yeah. You know, he'd taken like it seemed like I think a year off or months off. Mm-hmm. He's completely out of shape. He had no aim. He had nothing. Oh, because he had the bullet fragment. Right, exactly. Shoulder. But he still went out in the field. And he did his job, and it's it's just it's a really good movie. I will. I want to see this again. Huh. They do have two more in the pipe. Yep. yep. I don't know if it's him, but there's two no, more. No, it is. I, it is him. When they, they when they sign the movies, they sign them for the actor oh, specifically. Perfect. Um, I, I like how like they're pretty much setting up the next one to be a little bit more of a classic Bond feel to it. Well, yeah, they brought him. They put him back in the office. Yeah, I mean... The, With uh, the leather door. 
I mean, they brought they brought in the M back and yep. Q. They brought in Q. I thought that was great. Yeah. You know, I, I love the fact now that it isn't about exploding pens. We don't do that anymore. But he did still tell him to please bring it back in one piece. Yes. Please bring it back in one piece, 007. <laughs> you never called me 007. What about that evening last last year in Paris? What about the Mickey I slipped in your drink? That didn't take effect. <laughs> I'm a sham. I'm not even a scientist. I'm not even a real scientist. This isn't my real accent. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, the hearty geek salad thumbs up. Mm. I would yes. wholeheartedly agree on that. It, it really, it had every element you wanted in a, a classic Bond movie, but it did expand on it. Like you said, they humanized yep. it. They made him, in, they made him fallible, which no Bond movie has, that's no. happened. Maybe his psyche was humanized, but never his physical prowess. Right. Never. Right. You know, he was always the best shot. He was always, you know, he could always decipher everything. He was but he was, I mean, he was on the receiving end of a lot of those beatings in this movie. Yeah. I mean, and just look at him in the uh, in the target range. Yeah, he, could, he couldn't hit anything. He just kept walking closer and closer. Yeah, just trying to get trying to get the target right. So I think we all enjoyed it. Yes, no. go out and see it. All right, we are running unbelievably long, so we're going to go quick on a few things. Um, real quick. I know people have been wondering what we think about uh, the Lucas Disney uh, buyout, and that's got, that discussion is going to have to wait. We are running really long. Yeah. So um, I'll just quickly say I'm for it, Mike. I'm for it, Jim. I'm for the most part for it. Have faith; this might work. They just signed Michael Arndt to uh, write this, the movie. Right, and George Lucas is no longer directing. So there you go. Can't be bad. He's he Arndt. No, Michael Arndt's not going to direct. But Joe Johnson would be nice. Anyway, uh, quickly to our shills. Jim, you said you had you figured out something. Well, I don't show. know if it's a shill, but it's interesting news. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger has just signed on to do another Conan movie. Conan the Saggy? <laughs> Conan the Grandpa. Conan of the Golden Man Boobs or something. <laughs> I don't know. But he's going to do another Conan oh, movie. The Golden Age of Conan. Did you see the Jason Moma Conan movie? I absolutely refuse. My friend Steve put it this way: it, it there's enough boobs and violence in it to make it sound like a tenth grader had to write an essay about something. <laughs> uh, Mike, what do you got quickly? I got Lego Lord of the Rings. All right, and what do great, you think? Great game. It the the explore, exploration on it is fantastic. Nice. You're gonna explore all around Bree. You can leave the town. You can go out into the wilds. Explore all the way up to Weathertop, and. You find the, the the troll statues from uh, The Hobbit. All right, awesome, yeah, excellent, excellent game. All right, quickly, uh, Adam couldn't be here because um, Steph is not feeling well. Uh-huh. So get better, Steph. Yes. Um, Chris wanted me to bring up one real quick. Uh, Todd in the Shadows. Just type uh, Todd in the Shadows in at YouTube. It's a dude. He talks about uh, music. He's very very funny, and he fucking hates Chris Brown. Okay. I'll leave it at that. I'm gonna shill um, Star Wars Angry Birds. Yahoo! It, I've taken up a lot of time on the toilet. <laughs> Are you done yet? No. Fuck. Are you done no. with the level yet? No. Nope. Uh, almost. I, I'm not playing again. <laughs> um, it's fucking awesome. I'm probably going to have to shell out a couple of bucks, though, if I want to buy any, play any yeah. more of it. Or maybe I'll just go back to my one-star things, because those that scoring is fucking random as shit. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, I, I took out like, the entire level with like one bird. Yeah. I got two stars. Like, yeah. What the fuck do I have to do to get three? I actually did it today where I had no birds left and they gave me three stars. Yeah, that happened to me too. What? I don't understand what it is. But anyway, it's free. Android users, iPhone users, for fuck's sake, download it. iPhone users had to pay a buck. Oh, that's right. I think they do have to pay. Android users, you're getting it for free. Enjoy. iPhone users, ha 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 ha. Anyway. Based on our timing and our scheduling for the next few weeks, because Mike and I are entering busy season, we don't know what our scheduling is going to look like, so we're putting it out there right now. You'll get at least one more show in 2012, and that is going to be our Christmas show. We are going to discuss the Christmas playlist, the Geek Salad Christmas playlist. And maybe a little Rankin and Bass. So here are the rules. If you want to play along, here are the rules. One song per, what? so you can't have like three versions of God Rest of You, Merry Gentlemen. You can have one version of a song. One artist, so you can't have Frank Sinatra three times. You can have Frank Sinatra then, and uh, Sammy Davis Jr. And what Dean about Croner? Could you, yeah. have, could you like have all like four members of the Rat Pack? Yeah, you could do that. So, okay. So yeah, Joey but it can't, be, it can't be like completely... So if I want Joey Bishop singing Little Drummer Boy, I, I can I can have that. Yeah, now, exactly. W- was Liza Minnelli part of, of the Rat Pack? No, she wasn't. No, she was okay. a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and she did a lot of lithium. Yeah, she did. So we want to know what you want to add to this playlist. You can get to us at GeekSalad at Yahoo.com. Um, check us out at Twitter at GeekSalad Radio. Uh, like our Facebook page, GeekSalad, on, on Facebook. You can also check out archives at www.geeksalad.podbean.com. Uh, by the way, don't forget to check out uh, FDOMA, the Future Dirty Old Men of America, also on podbean.com. You can check us out on the Stitcher app or download us on iTunes. And before, yeah, I'm done. Okay. <laughs> so before I lose my voice, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later, money bunny. I'll take a hit, dealer. Joker, you were supposed to take those out of the deck. Oh, sorry. Here's another one. What is this card? Rules for drawn stud poker. What a pity, Mr. Bond. What? But it was Homer's fault. I didn't lose. I never lose. Well, at least tell me the details of your plot for world domination. (laughs) I'm not going to fall for that one again.